Almost a, a bit of. It. Did we harmonize? Yeah, yeah. harmonization. That's the I can like totally the word I was later, yeah. Totally unintentional. I assure you. I mean, that's <laughs> could not do it again. Yeah. If we tried. <laughs> nope, I, not and, at all. And also, I'm sure that any listener who's like any degree of accomplished musician was like, no, that was not <laughs> at all. Not even a little <laughs> yeah. bit harmonization. You guys just kind of like made noise at roughly yeah. the same pitch. I couldn't actually define harmonize if I tried. You know, it's when the the notes the sound good together. Yeah, mm-hmm. for reasons. Got there, yeah, <laughs> yep. For sh- sound waves. Yeah, and wave files. I think. Mm-hmm. Hey, <laughs> this is Reckless Attack, everybody. We are actually a Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition podcast, uh, not a musical podcast. In no way, like, musical n- podcast. Like, no, yeah. I don't think we will ever have that like Scrubs musical episode of Reckless Attack. Probably. We do this for you, the listeners. Yes. You don't have to listen to <laughs> us sing. <laughs> exactly. It, it's for your own good that we have chosen not to do this. That was on session zero. We're like, oh, we all want this, but we just can't. Can't object to you to this. I'm Nathan. I'm the Dungeon Master. And I'm so excited to be joined here with all of my beautiful luminescent players. I could come up with luminescent and not harmonize. And that's just feel like that's just where I'm at right now, which I think is kind of a fun place. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Selv Esterlin, the dragonborn monk who is looking forward to exploring a bit of his dragon heritage by going <laughs> down into the vault and seeing what kind of treasures down there. But he can Ooh. sit on. Because, you know, there's a couple of people that have already claimed the uh, map room, so maybe if there's a big pile of treasure, I can just curl up on that and go sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've claimed the map room. <laughs> and I, I, I like the idea that gold is the dirt of self, yeah. where yeah, right. Checkers has like accumulated his dirt pile, and you're like, well, I guess gold is what I need. Yeah. A bed well, is fine, it, but I'd actually, I actually want to sleep on that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, and if uh, DuckTales has taught us anything, it's that you can swim rather pleasantly in a giant Too true. vault of gold. Too true. So. I love DuckTales. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, let's just start a DuckTales podcast. Yes. Hi, everybody. It's Reckless Attack, your favorite fifth edition DuckTales <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Woo. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. Kaskrin is contemplating what Alarith has done to the walls that he can phase through them and is considering <laughs> options to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> to ensure that Very does true. not yeah. happen. Very true. <laughs> I love that moment last episode where both you, David, <laughs> and you, Steve, and also Selv and Cass were both like, uh, <laughs> okay, that's, that's okay. a flaw yeah, we need that's to take yeah, care cool. of. Like, that's a but. thing that can happen. Okay, all right. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pal Mango, and his smaller trusty frog pal Junior. And as I continue doing this intro, it's going to get longer and longer as I bring on more frogs. But (laughs) so be it. I welcome our frog overlords. (laughs) Checkers is very happy today because he finally gets to go and explore this great, beautiful city that he's heard so much about. And which city? Agmar, the Red City of Agmar. Yeah, thank you. Show some respect. Yeah, thank right. you. <laughs> the Red new, City of Agmar. It's your new home. You say that with capital letters. <laughs> right, thank exactly. you. L- life is like a hurricane here in Agmar. 
Don't no. Nope, don't <laughs> no. get it. Carry on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's gonna be his whole day. But finally, hi, it's me, Sophie. I play Valeska Carter, the human asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. I've mastered my intro and don't have a weird pause in it anymore. <laughs> Behold my evolution. 20 episodes of podcast power. Level but, 20 player unlocked. Yeah, by the way, happy happy episode 20, everybody. Yeah, we did Yay. it. Yeah, we, we are We 20. are a fully leveled Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Now it is just, what's what's the epic, God levels? epic levels? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We need some mythic feats for mythic our feats. Yeah. For our level three characters. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this level three character is very excited to get to her to-do list and has delegated a few things or will be delegating a few things to Berga. Smart. Because I, Sophie, should not put the listener through all 16 (laughs) points of her to-do list, one of which has eight sub points. But that is right, everyone. It is now finally, sort of, time for free exploration period here in the red city of Agmar. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> there is a slight, I won't say t- not a timer on it, more of a stopping point for today's revelries in terms of the exploration, the shopping, the the errand running, because not but a few hours ago, you all were attacked by a horror creature, best known, I think, embraced by at least the reckless attack community around this table as the goth moth. <laughs> are still getting back into the swing of things, but also, obviously, are recently hired by Alarith, the strange tree detect... Tree detective? Tree? Tree? I'll workshop that. I'll I'll workshop that. Detect tree's not bad. Whatever the Pokemon name is. Ooh. We'll run a poll after this episode. You guys get it. The P.I. Tree Guy. Exactly. I like that. That's good. That's good. Described to you that several other attacks had happened within the city walls, and he was seemed pretty forthright, but he was still definitely had no real clear connections just yet that that he had determined. But you guys seem to read him as a relatively straightforward person who would not lie to you, at least, even if he was willing to not tell you certain things. The plan was hatched that essentially you guys go about your day. If you do any amount of interviewing or of looking into records, you most certainly can. But otherwise, you would meet at sundown later today and figure out your plan of attack, whatever that may be. (laughs) But as we said last episode, there are some things that the both the characters and the players have been champing at the bit to do here in the Red City of Agmar. And that is where we drop in, everybody. If it's all right with you all, we will assume you have all gotten ready for the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever that, whatever you hadn't already to go down and have your meeting. What does the remainder of your morning look like? Do you do anything? Do you grab breakfast? Do you have a, a meeting, a huddle up? What do you do? How do things go for your morning? I think the thing that we would do is kind of a continuation of what we did last time which is just do a little bit of planning a little bit of talking around what our what our day is going to look like for everyone and then maybe just go our separate ways afterwards Mm -hmm. just because i know you know we last time we split up into a few different directions we had the vault we had the uh the post office we had a bunch of other things so i'm imagining that's what happens for this morning Mm -hmm. yeah a little bit more of a a regrouping and then discussion and then we kind of do whatever Here's a weird question. What do you guys wear when you're just wandering around the city? Some of you have armors. Some of you have ceremonial wardrobes. Some of you just have tricorn hats and kilts. 
Yeah. What do you guys go out usually, especially on days like today where you're like, oh, I'm sure nothing of note is going to happen today. I don't need any of my various weapons. Or do you just go out fully strapped, so to speak? Checkers looks pretty much exactly the same as he usually does because <laughs> yep. he's got his hat, he's got his cloak, he's got his frog, he's got his other frog, he's got his kilt, and his crossbow, and for the most part, looks as though he were both ready to go into battle and also to sleep at the exact same time. <laughs> it's all the same. Right. <laughs> Selv is probably wearing his uh, non-formal gi, but he, he generally, like, that's, that's just kind of what he wears, is like a loose-fitting mm-hmm. uh, loose pants and the tunic kind of wrapped top. Generally, he has his at least his quarterstaff with him that he kind of uses as a walking stick, just while he's while he's walk while he'd be walking around town, and also because it's good to have something in case something happens. Even though he is also good at unarmed combat, it's you know it's just kind of more of a habit to have something with him. But yeah, other than that, most of his other items are probably in his room, unless he is specifically going out and knowing he's going to be getting into some kind of fight. Kaskrin, when he goes out, he's not wearing his full plate, but he's still wearing kind of like clean looking leather armor. It's like, I don't want to say a duster, but it's just like a long kind of leather cloak and, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and, totally. yeah, and outfit. Almost like a coat, basically. Yeah, cool. The one thing that it does is basically shows off his, his stony arms and kind of the bottoms of his, his rock feet just to accentuate that but it's just kind of like a traveling outfit. He knows he looks good. Yeah. <laughs> I want them to know. I want yeah. them to see. Val, if it's an errand day or just hanging out at the guild hall, she would not be wearing her armor. She has a flowy shirt underneath her armor that she wears, so it would probably just be that and not her set of leather armor. But she probably would carry her shield with her, kind of a cell where it's like something she always carries. Yeah. But it's also like it's got her holy symbol on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So it's a little bit more personal item yeah, than totally. her armor would be. And it's, it's I would imagine it being, I've always pictured anything with a holy symbol in it as almost being kind of decorative and ceremonial and so very like, you're not just wandering around with like, well, here's just a trash can lid that she I'm carrying probably, around. Yeah, like, it's something cool. Wear it as like a backpack Yeah, almost. exactly, exactly. As you guys are getting ready for the day, discussing potentially eating breakfast. We do have like 10 pounds of jerky. You have 10 pounds <laughs> yeah. of jerky. And also, if you want something a little fresher, Torts and Ports is just down, just down the way. But <gasps> we haven't gone in the morning for the bakery. Oh, no. <laughs> well, good news. You'll have many mornings. Or if you can go this morning, the world is your oyster. Or depending um, on what happens, we won't go this morning and won't be able to go again. <laughs> yes. If in case it goes Ever. very poorly. Berga is there checking in with you guys trying to help that sort of thing. You have not seen Taroth anywhere this morning. It might be concerning. I don't know what your feelings around that information is. Berga is, again, there with you. Her very tall horns, her bright skin, rolling around helping you guys, asking you. Well, so uh, so first first day in the city, obviously, it was a strange start. But what, what do you have planned for today? And is asking you about that. We've already talked about what you have planned for today. But she would ask you what you have planned for today. Uh, and she says, uh, oh, and, and, uh, by the way, uh, I, I received a message uh, earlier today as you were all uh, getting ready. The captain of the Red Guard sends her apologies, as does uh, the shield of the bones. They are indisposed this morning and uh, will not be able to, uh, to make their rounds and apologize, but will be sure to visit later. The captain of the Red Guard is Jack Brill, right? Uh, no, no. J- uh, we know Jack is uh, is a is a, a lovely person, uh, but he is only a, a lieutenant. the The captain is named Vina Calvetta. You have not met this individual yet. Okay, thank you, Berga. Good to know. 
keeping track of everybody. Yes. Val writes in her notebook. But I think on the to-do for today is check out The Vault. The Vault. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yes. I. There's a little bit of a tiny bit of setup, but it won't take long. But I, I assuming, need to be. It's a whole thing. I'm assuming things will have to be disarmed before we go down there. Uh, in a, uh, I think you will have a very fun pun. Remember what you just said. But keep eating. We will go to the vault when you're done. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm a little worried now. It'll be fine. And then Cass and Checkers, we're going to go out and about in the city. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've got a couple errands to take care of. Uh, but otherwise, shouldn't take too long. Potentially might join you for the post office if timing works out. Yeah. So to clarify, I thought we were all going to the vault. Or no. Are you guys? I have not specified who is coming to the vault. Okay. I said the vault yeah. is it's on a, the list. It's actually easier if we all go all at the same time. We don't have to. It's just we can all get it all yeah. done. Yeah. There's a whole, again, there's a whole thing that we need to I, do. I, Sophie, was not, or playing Val, was not trying to exclude anyone <laughs> yes, from the vault. No one can see it, only Val. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why don't we start the morning off right then and check out <laughs> the vault? Okay, yeah. Uh, let, <laughs> let, uh, <laughs> as I, David, the player, I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> uh, and... She uh, she says, oh, 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 yes, excellent, excellent. Taroth, Taroth, where are you? Get over here. And from one of the cupboards, one of the cupboard doors slams open. <laughs> and sitting there, it's totally empty, this cupboard. Uh, you don't know if it was totally empty, except for the strange, horrible imp <laughs> that is technically a member of your guild. <laughs> hi, hi, Taroth. Good entrance. Hello, yes. What is it? What is it, mistress? What do you require of me? Clean the plates, please. Uh, come, come, come. <laughs> yes. And Taroth, yes. like, creeps over to the table as you guys all leave the room, uh, and you do not see what horrible things oh, he does. I just imagine him licking them in the, I was in the cupboard. I say it out loud. I was letting the imaginations run. <laughs> One thing I wanted to point out as we're all eating breakfast and Burgos in the room with us, Kaskrin, after realizing mm-hmm. what she has embedded in her mm-hmm. is still very friendly with her but you can tell like his kind of smile lines when he's talking with her fade and he makes a point to basically never touch her if she asks for help he tries to avoid like being around her but he's happy to talk to her from like across the table as a reminder for listeners and anyone around the table, Berga was formerly a gilder here at the Golden Tree but even former to that she is still a Knight of Talon's Fury, and she gets some amount of power, it seems like, from a strange shard of metal embedded into her chest, her heart. It's not entirely clear, at least I don't think we went into that level of anatomical detail, but it is actually a shard of an object of focus, a legendary artifact-level item that was a part of Rixia's history. She still gets a degree of power from that. Yeah, so he just makes sure to keep his distance. Yeah. You guys all follow Berga, I presume. You travel down a long hallway, and eventually you get to a very nondescript wooden door that looks like any other wooden door, and Berga swings it open. There is another hallway in a way that doesn't make sense hmm. to exist there, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, but like that's not how far... The, the blueprints of the guild hall float in front of Val's yeah. face. And yeah. she's like, Wait it's, it's like a the hangover second? gif yeah. of all I was of the calculations. A room, not a hallway. Yeah. And so this hallway continues on 20, 30 feet. It's not super long, but it is 
too long. Mm-hmm. And Berga, without hesitation, rolls down it. But at the end of it, of these long halls with no other doors, is one single door. That, again, seems to be totally nondescript. She wheels up and waits for you guys to kind of catch up and be there. She says, uh, okay, okay, this is really cool. I need to put my hand here and puts her hand on the doorknob, basically, and grasps it. And she says, uh, okay, see the, the four of you. It's glad there's only four. There are four panels on the door, yes. Put one hand, whichever hand you open doors with. I know that's very specific. Take your time to think about that. Put that hand there, please. Mm-hmm. Val, like, you know, when you're trying to figure out your dominant foot, you'd like step forward. Yes. She's kind of like, like closes her eyes and like puts her hand out to open doors. Like, wait, right, left, right. Okay. <laughs> She takes this very seriously. She's not trying to be like sarcastic no, or anything. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I'm going to get this right. I will it's get like, it right. <laughs> right hand. Okay. Chekos will sort of jump from Mango onto the top of Kaskarin's head and then just put his right hand on the door. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Perfect. Val yeah. will take the other lower one opposite Kaskarin. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. And Kaskarin moves forward and puts his stony hand on the door, bringing Checkers uh, in line as well. I'm trying to figure this out because me, Steve, opens the door with whichever hand is most convenient, and I don't really have. <laughs> I think Selv would put his left hand on because his weapon would be in his right hand. Totally. So he would open. He would generally open doors with his left hand because he's got a weapon in his right hand. Cool. And, yeah. and I think that is why Berger asked it like that, where it's like, which hand do you need to have definitely be the one? Berger looks to ensure all of your hands are kind of making full contact. She says a phrase in a language that you guys do not understand. Val, can I see your list of languages, please? Is ancient vault on the list? (laughs) I have a free space because I never decided. (laughs) Val, you understand what she says. Oh, wow. Uh, Or at least you understand. No, you understand what she says because... And some of you may have heard this before, and you understand it adjacently, I should say. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, we have a very complicated language system. It is available on social media and other places. But essentially, if you know a language, you also know some kind of adjacent root languages. Mm -hmm. This, what she is saying, is maker speak, which is kind of an ancient magical language that was essentially passed down by the gods or like descended directly from the language of the gods Mm -hmm. that mortals have used and repurposed and now is used just kind of as like a almost continental shorthand. We're like, oh yeah, all the, for example, in our world, all the craftsmen of North America would all know this like cant almost Mm -hmm. and be able to speak to each other quickly about and universally about prices, about sizes, about all that kind of thing. And what she is saying is a root language to the one that you know, so an ancient version of the language that you know. You don't know the exact, but the gist that you get is that the golden tree something something commands you to open. As she says this, in a perfect outline around each of your hands, a bright blue light glows. It stays that way for a moment, and then the light goes across the entire doorway. There is no wood visible, and it just becomes a blanket wall of light 
that eventually shimmers and fades and now opens straight into the vault of the golden tree. Ew, cool. I think Casper and Val had the exact same idea. Casper is thinking, like, is this related to the portal that we saw the shepherd make? I, Sophie, was thinking that. I think Val was just okay. staring yeah. at it. David in was thinking that too. Yeah. Anyway, Berga says, "Now that we have uh, done that once officially, with me a registered member of of the guild, as far as this uh, door vault, whatever it is, I don't really know the specifics. I just kind of know the phrase and how it works vaguely. You all should be able to speak this word, and I will. I'll write it down for you." It's, uh, it is, I guess, whatever the equivalent of the Wi-Fi password is around here. So we'll just get it. We'll just write it down and you won't need to remember it. But do we have to change it every three months? I take care of that. No, it doesn't actually. <laughs> she says, uh, but uh, you say, you say it, you have your, your hand. I think, I don't know for sure. I think it has to be a living hand. I think. I'm not uh, entirely sure, but a hand on the doorknob and you say the word and it opens. Simple as that. But as far as I know and have been told, totally impenetrable to anyone who does not have the word and is not a member of the guild. Awesome. Cool. So through this door, you see several things. Generally, it is a relatively decently sized room, once again, in a way that makes no sense for the architecture of this building. But it is well-sized, and really what's notable about it is that there are tons of shelves and tables and workspaces, and just like imagine any sort of surface that could be in here, it is there. And there are chests that are open, there are that sort of thing, and a lot of this looks very old. Not unstable, but old. But also, throughout this room, as you guys would enter it, you find some treasure. Woo. Treasure. <laughs> Great. Well, God, it's interesting. like you guys grew up together. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about this before the session started. I have, I, Nathan the DM, have prepared a few magic items uh, and a few bits of trinkets and treasure that would be appropriate, knowing that the former guilders were out on an adventure when they disappeared. They probably had most of their best stuff on them, but not necessarily all of it. And also, they were the first guilders here in Agmar for a while. They really hadn't had a lot of time to just accumulate a bunch of shit or rediscover a bunch of shit. So what we've decided is we are going to roll on a random treasure hoard table here in the Dungeon Master's Guild. Or Dungeon... Wow. Dungeon Master's Guide. And I'm going to tweak a couple things. I kind of, you know, so anyone who looks up the DMG table will be like, Nathan, you that's not what that number is at all. And I'll say, well, fuck you. <laughs> I, I wrote. I do what I want. That's right. I wrote in Sharpie in this DMG. Mine's different. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Wait, no, that's mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. We, all, so we all make sacrifices for the podcast, for our art, Sophie. So what we're doing is we are going to roll... On the, because I, once again, I'm a generous DM and know that you will need all the help you can get. (laughs) The challenge rating five to 10 treasure hoard table. For those who don't know or haven't used it before, basically you roll a percentile dice to see what you get. You get a certain amount of gem or art objects (laughs) because it's D&D, why not? And then 
on certain versions of it, and you get to roll well, on amount all, of gold. Now that that's good for spell components. So, yeah, if, yeah, hey, you true. need a 500 gold piece diamond, maybe we have one. Might be there. Yeah, but you also get to roll a certain amount of times on a separate magic item table. So this is like a cascading <laughs> cool. experience I that we're all going to be going on. There are tables within tables. Who do you trust around the table to roll the best on a D100? It's got to be Steve. It's 100% Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We've already shown we can only roll ones and twos. Oh, yeah. I, I, ooh, okay. Steve, if it makes wow. you feel better, my choice was going to be Jonathan. No, so. okay, no. <laughs> I, I defer to Steve, so I mean. Uh, all all right. right. Steve, could you roll me a D100, please? Oh, nice. Ah. All right, here we go. Uh, 53. Ooh. Middle of the road. Perfectly All right. And I'm gonna also going to be adjusting the amount of gold that you guys get because you guys don't need that much gold. <laughs> First of all, I'm auto-generating the amount of gold you have. So excited. Hand of, uh, I don't know what this is. Go yeah. to the next one. <laughs> you guys get 800 gold pieces. Oh, oh wow. And that is adjusted. Because <laughs> again, like, I want cool magic items, like more gold is cool, but like <laughs> cool magic items. David, could yes. you please roll me 3d6? I can. That oh. is 13. So part of that is in gems and such, but there is a diamond worth 500 gold pieces, Ooh. which you as an adventurer would know would be a valuable resource for things like resurrection spells that has been stashed away by some forward-thinking mm. <laughs> adventurer in here That's who cool. did not need it. Jonathan. Yes. Would you roll a 1d4, please? A 1d4, for sure. Good old checkers die. Three. You get to roll three times oh, on this magic nice. item. Hell yeah. Table. Nice. Ooh, back to d100s. Oh. Sophie, could you roll me a d100, please? Yeah. <laughs> I like how many tables we have. This is just, I, I'm just, this is 89. Awesome. Ooh, wow. Nice. Nathan's like, do I need Nathan's it? figuring yeah. out how to adjust this. I've rolled too powerfully. No, no, it's not that you've rolled too powerfully. I'm just adjusting the one. I'll tell you later. Okay. What you rolled. <laughs> and I think you'll be happy that I'm not giving this to you. I fully trust you. Val, you go up to something and you just happen to see a two or three foot long pole. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say those are the exact dimensions. I'm not going to look. You get it. It's yeah. a short thing. Yeah. A rod sized thing. And you're kind of playing with it and you know it's in here. So it must be something interesting and, and magical. And you're kind of like turning it around in your hand. And as you do, your hands just kind of like it brushes up against like a wall or something. And then it just stops. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then you try to, like, yank it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Not at all. Not even a little bit does it budge. Yeah. Because what you've received is an immovable rod. <laughs> we didn't get a single immovable rod in, like, 40 years of playing our no. last campaign. And we get one on, like, day two. <laughs> yeah. An immovable rod. <laughs> wow. And this is not to say that that is Val's magic item, of course. No, but no. Guys, I found an immovable rod. Immovable rod and Val is just like hanging on it, all legs and hands on it, like just like trying to swing, you, you trying do, to move it. It's not working. Does that mean it can only be used in here? 
I don't have found out to move it again. <laughs> you just see Checker's eyes go wide. It's like, oh, yeah. And, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that we will treat that in the same way that we all treat that magic item out of game, where it's like, well, we've all heard of that. We know it. Yeah, yeah. we get it. We know what it is. Steve, yes. Could you roll me a D100, please? D100. Okay, here we go. More rolling. Fifty-two. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Very average day. Yeah. Consistent. Ooh, yeah. This was this was actually an item that was on my on my list already. Oh. Cool, nice. As you're kind of going around, you see a table that appears to just have several vials on it. You are playing around with one, and you know the usual test for these sorts of things, right? Is just kind of like dip a, a finger into it, give it a taste, see how you feel, and try to guess from right, there. Right. When you do, there are. Indeed, four poison saver die. <laughs> yeah. There are four of these. You would hope that they would be labeled if it was poison. Suddenly, your throat gets really, really dry. Like you need a glass of water right now. Hmm. Or you might die. Do you happen to have some water handy? She, she looks over at you. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot those were in here. And she uh, has. She actually happens to have just a uh, water skin draped over her chair. And, and <laughs> I liked that. Someone is going to hate what you just said. I hate that. <laughs> there we go. One out of four, one out of five people hate that noise. You have four potions of water breathing. Oh, oh cool. Oh, very cool. David, could you roll me a D4, please? I can. D4 a- or D100? D100. I keep saying that. That is 37. You go over to help self, obviously. <laughs> self, like, self, are you all right? <laughs> self needs help. And after you have settled self and figure, and he is returned back to normal, regular terrestrial breathing, you see another two potions. Hmm. If you were to do the similar kind of like dip a finger in and test it, you would make eye contact with Mango. Mango. And there would be like, I'm going to say it, there'd be a spark there. That you, a connection. Something, there's a moment between the two of you where, like, you just, like, understand each other for a bit because there are two potions of animal friendship (laughs) (laughs) that you have also discovered. And because I'm a beautiful, generous DM, Jonathan, roll one more D100. Nice. D100. All right. All right. Ooh. Hmm. Double or nothing. No. (laughs) (sighs) Damn. If I was faster... I would have offered you a devil's bargain kind of thing. Do it. Because David do it, would yeah. 100% take it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. You can also offer it to Jonathan because he would also oh, yeah. 100%, 100% take it. <laughs> roll 50 over, I, I get two items. If I roll 50 under, I die. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm going to say, just for fun, mm-hmm. and just looking at what the other magic items are here. We can roll on the CR 15 to 20 table. <laughs> no, but I will let you roll... On one of the higher magic item tables. <laughs> I'm just going to let you do it. Okay. <laughs> Here's my devil's bargain. Okay. Is that Checkers is the one who finds it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, wait, wait. We, do, do the rest of us have to agree to that? Or does yeah, yeah. Jonathan have to agree to that? Uh, I am saying collectively you all have to agree, but it is a will be a much more powerful... <laughs> Magic checkers item opportunity. Finds it, but it's not yeah. Checkers it's magic not, item. Exa- it is not. It is not Checkers' magic item, but Checkers finds it, <laughs> and that's 
as far as I'll say. There's no way this can go poorly ever. Yeah, it will absolutely go poorly. <laughs> I'm too interested to say no. That's but, uh, what. Th- that is why it's a devil's I'm bargain. I'm mad about it. <laughs> Self has a decent passive perception and insight, so <laughs> he might notice if it all of a sudden. I, Sophie, will agree if Val does not have to play mom for checkers in this moment. <laughs> That's my that is an ex- extremely extremely devil's bargain valid thing. Mm-hmm. I only have poison resistance, not fire resistance. If he drops the whole necklace of fireball, <laughs> depends on what he rolls. <laughs> so Fuck I it. need I need David and Steve to agree to my <laughs> yes. parlay of this <laughs> devil's fair. bargain. Sophie will not be Va- managing Val checkers today. Val will have left already and yeah. be like, "I nope, <laughs> I'm not dealing with this. Yeah, is up this to is you your guys. problem now. That is fair. Okay." Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Roll me a D100, please, Jonathan. All right. All right. D100 coming Hopefully in. What it's a is. Vorpal net. Coming in hot. <laughs> 22. Okay. Could be worse. It well, could, we, it, we don't know. It, yeah. 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 it could have been much worse. <laughs> Tome of ultimate evil. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? <laughs> Let me find. What's this? Necronomicon? Yeah. You checkers. Uh-huh. This is actually this is this is maybe the best case scenario for everyone. <laughs> you find a small bag, huh. and it's I would imagine a little underwhelming at first. Where you're like, "Well, we got all these cool potions. We we'll got this old bag in here, <laughs> and it's it's just like it's a handful basically." And you kind of feel it, feel it, and there seems to be just little beads or something inside. You're not sure. Some left their bag of marbles. What's going on? Would you like to look inside? Yeah, absolutely. I'll open it up and just take a look at the stuff inside. Inside this bag are three D4 dry beans. The bag weighs half a pound plus one quarter pound for each bean it contains, which is a very specific, <laughs> weird thing to include in the description of a cool magic item. That is a item. heavy bean. It's a beefy bean. <laughs> if you dump the bag's contents out on the ground, they explode in a 10-foot radius extending from the beans. Each creature in the area, including you, must make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw, <laughs> taking 5d4 fire damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. The fire ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried. If you remove a, a bean from the bag, plant it in dirt or sand, and then water it, the bean produces an effect one minute later from the ground where it was planted. The DM can choose an effect from the following table, determine it randomly, or create an effect. And I'm not going to tell you what those are right off the top. This is a bag of beans. <laughs> <laughs> so checkers would open this bag. See, there's just a bunch of like these beefy beans inside. Yep. <laughs> Quarter pound beans. <laughs> the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like so checkers would pull one bean out. Guys, I found old beans. <laughs> beans? Why, why were they keeping this in here? This sucks. <laughs> Maybe they had food rations in here. Is there a checkers? label? Checkers is going to like lick one. The sensation that you get is one that, even though Checkers is, has a noted history uh, of licking and tasting strange things, yeah. maybe a sensation that you probably have not experienced before because it is a almost a shock wave, as if you were licking a warhead yeah. times a hundred <laughs> of both magical potency and just like strange spiciness <laughs> on top of that. Uh, Checkers makes kind of like a really weird face as though he's eating something that he really doesn't like. Just, yeah, this beans suck. Mal's wart face? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> Mal's wart face. 
<laughs> puts the be- the bean back in the bag and just like hands it to Cass like <laughs> I I you don't lick food and put it back. <laughs> They're dry beans. It'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, Berga, I, I don't know who left these beans in here, but I, I got something to say to them. I guess we could maybe soak these for a while. I he's he's just like I guess they're beans. Just can I have well, they, these they for, a moment? for a moment? <laughs> Val will detect magic on them to make sure Cass doesn't use them in their chili. <laughs> <laughs> they are magical. Yes. Yeah. Huh. And he will kind of put them in the the stash <laughs> of the other magical items that we found. Who brought magic beans in here? The magic. Just as very like disappointed <laughs> that like he was rummaging around all this old stuff. He pulled out a bag and there was just dried beans inside. Yep. <laughs> it's like Val is like swinging from a weird rod <laughs> in yeah. the air. It's that like, <laughs> checkers. Do you want to play with the rod? <laughs> it stays in here. It stays in the vault. <laughs> all the toys stay in the vault. All right, all right, fine. You <laughs> show me all of your digits while you say yes to that. Uh, and Checkers would hold both of his hands up and like move one foot behind the other foot. <laughs> nope, nope. I said all digits, including feet. I'm having a moment with with Mango, and I'm really, really in tune to what he's doing. And I see him crossing <laughs> yeah. two yes. fingers yes. as Checkers is holding yeah, all, 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 his, all his fingers. Yeah. Oh, okay, Val, I'll keep the rod in here. Can I play with it now? Come on. The rod does not leave <laughs> the vault from any for any reason. Mango included. Andrew here. Here you go. <laughs> so I'll stand by the door. <laughs> Do you go strap yourself onto some strange surface? Yeah, Checkers would like immediately just jump into the air and like hold on to this rod and then fall back down and not realize like why isn't it working? <laughs> it needs to be stuck to yeah, a thing. He's trying right. to just stick it into midair. Yeah, yeah, right. So he plays around with it for a while and like tries to tries to hang on to it and jump off things. Like sticks it to walls and yeah, things, right. trying to get it to turn on. Yeah. How long does it take for you to find the button? Like a good five minutes, probably. <laughs> we we will see. I'm just loving the image of Checkers parkouring and yes. the yeah. vault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like why isn't it working? Say all of this is kind of yeah. happening congruently, and Berga says, "Oh, one last thing that I think is very useful, probably." And as Checkers is like swinging <laughs> around mm-hmm. like true nonsense with his rod, she goes over to a panel on the wall. And just opens it up. It looks almost like an electrical box in our in our world. And there is actually a literal just like big switch <laughs> lever thing. Cool. And she looks at Val and winks and then flips the switch. And checkers, you are, you know, doing like Olympic <laughs> gymnastics. Yeah, right. <laughs> Essentially. Like the high bar. And then as soon you hear a kathunk as the switch is flipped. And you fall to the ground and the rod falls with you. Hey. What? And she says, uh, yes, this comes with an anti-magic field, which is useful for storing some uh, some nasty kind of things, as I understand. Some, I don't know if it will be foolproof. I'm sure that there are a great many things that are ver- that are too magic, mm-hmm. but um, hey, it's a thing. Yeah, this good is to know. amazing. This is amazing, Berga. <laughs> As he's trying to like get the stick, stick to work. it to yeah. yeah, it's like oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. And she flips it back. And, and you can... uh, so while while it's off, Selv is going to look at everybody, 
do they still look like themselves? That's a good question. <laughs> suppose that's Says true. the player yeah. who's Damn. been playing D&D <laughs> yeah. for 20 yeah. years. Does everyone look like themselves? Yeah. Jonathan's like, wait, yeah. wait. So, the, so there's Selv and three drow. Yeah. <laughs> I think checkers. Yeah, self will mimic a drow. The asterisk is not affected by non That's magical true, very fields. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> Got him. So yeah, Burger says anything that you put down here will be totally secure, no problem, and is of course free for your use. Thank you for showing us, Burger. This is oh, of course, amazing. of course. Now, uh, I will shut up here. I will uh, get everything back where it needs to be. Obviously, take whatever you need to. You guys can go on your way. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi, it's me, Sophie. Do you want more Reckless Attack? Then join our Discord and chat with us in our community. The link for the Discord is in the show notes, or head on over to our website, recklessattack.com. We also have a Patreon. You can listen to our new show, Reckless Snack, and other content if you become a patron. We really appreciate your support, and thank you for listening to the episode. Now tell me about your to-do lists. (laughs) Everyone's favorite part of D&D. Checkers has a few things outlined for his day. And I think the first one would start off with actually going to go see Etris. Because he and Etris have been working on a project. Indeed. <laughs> that started outside of the walls of Agmar and has continued to this moment. Etris and the boys. Etris and the boys about to cook up something spicy. Yes. Potentially full of glue and toilet paper. So um, he would go check on Etris in the experimental shed out back. And just be like, hey, hey, Atris, good morning. So what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. I will send you mm-hmm. what happens. Okay. Or what, <laughs> what the outcome is. Okay. At the table, all you all will see is you go and the door slams open and a big puff of smoke appears. Atris is like, hey, checkers. Hey, how, how are you this morning? I'm feeling pretty good. I have some very exciting news for you. Come on in. (laughs) Everyone will just kind of see Checkers with this big frog grin on his face, just like walk into (laughs) Etris's lair. Yeah. (laughs) And the door door slowly slowly closes behind him. With no, no, with an unseen force. I will send you what he cooks up. Okay. 
what next? What else is everyone doing? Kaskrin takes some time of the, the remaining time in this potion to just like pet Mango and it's just like, yes, you are a good boy, Mango. <laughs> you just keep yeah. taking tiny sips yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the potion. Just like, ah, this is nice. <laughs> but is after Checkers is done talking to Etris, he, you know, he kind of waked up a little bit before heading to the post office in nearby Agmar. So he is heading outside and he's got three letters that he wants to send. Mm-hmm. I imagine the post office just has like a person that I can hand things to. Yes, definitely. It is a very classically lightly disinterested person at the post office. I'll say another slow moving turtle person uh, who is, we'll say, vaguely happy to help you. Yeah. Okay. So one letter that he hands them is is lightly crumpled and a little dirty. Thank you. Kaskrin has done his best to like flatten it out but it's the letter from the fallen warrior that Mm. was fighting with the grung that helped us so he wants to make sure that that final letter gets to where it's going it looks like it was meant to go back to rachma Mm -hmm. okay the second letter is for the city of lotros kaskrin's hometown and this just seems like a regular letter it's pretty flat no no big deal it is just a check-in to see how everyone back at home is doing and the final letter is actually, it's like a much thicker letter. It, like, it looks like it's got something in it. It's also mm-hmm. meant for Lotros. But these are the three items that he kind of gives to the, the post office person to send back. Is your goal, at least your character's goal, to go by yourself? No, he could really go with anyone. I'm also assuming that like at some point Checkers would come with or Valeska, but he didn't have to go by himself. Yeah, I wasn't sure he, how... how secretive you were or how anything you were around around these packages no not very secretive cool does anyone else have any mail things again we're all montaging the post office it. is definitely on Val's list okay yeah. checker the only thing the checkers might do is go with Kaskrin and see how the letters are being sent and see if the boxes that are they are being sent in are large enough for a frog I'm imagining Checkers trying to put Junior inside one of the boxes that the letters are going into <laughs> yep. and see if when the, the boxes are you know closed and used, does Junior go to wherever the, um, the mail ends up at? Or when they open the box again, does Junior just kind of sit there and is go? Is he just still yeah, there? Can yeah. he be a living creature, basically? Right, exactly, exactly. And Sophie, what is Val sending? Oh, <laughs> so many things. <laughs> So then I imagine like everyone basically just made a mail run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I, yeah. And again, this okay, doesn't so, need to yeah. be, a, this doesn't need to be an order either. It's just like at some point, the three of you show up <laughs> gotcha. at the mail, yeah, at the, at the post office. Yeah. I can be with you and checkers or okay. yeah, it can fine. be a different time. So no, that's good. Val is sending at least 10 notebooks <laughs> back to her mom. Everything's back to her mom, basically. And like some of it's for the illustrious uh, ATM slash her mom being like, hey, here's everything I experienced on this journey. Here's all this real weird shit, like <laughs> prioritize where it's like, hey, red notebook, read now. And I <laughs> send me back. I have so many questions. I need answers. Post haste. There's a system is, is <laughs> yeah. the point where it's like, Here's mm. the first pile, and then here's the second pile, mm. and you go through them in a particular order. Oh, they're all labeled naturally, like chronologically. But the red notebook is like the table of contents. 
of the other notebooks, but I also like deeply love that. <laughs> but it's also like, oh hey, there's an aberration that has is attacking people with different phobias. Please help me figure out what the hell this there's is. An insert note, yeah, yeah, and then like diagrams of the hell hellish lobsters that we <laughs> yeah. fought, and just kind of like the points of interest and things she wouldn't like ask her mom about. But it definitely opens on a page of. Hi, mom. I love you. I miss you. And like a heartfelt note. Oh, yeah. Then that goes into immediately. There's an aberration <laughs> and I need answers. But priorities. Mm-hmm. Family first. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, mom, say hi to dad. Tell my brother I love him, I guess. I just have to ask where in the list of like, hi, mom, aberration is Hody? Questions about Hody. Val's mom actually already knows about Hody. Oh, yeah. Right. Before we left Rock Bus, yes. Val ran back to her mom and was like, I have adopted a donkey. <laughs> we have a donkey now, mom. Uh-huh. Yeah. So there would be one whole notebook dedicated to Hody. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. These are more these are more like diagnostic yeah. observations, check-ins, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Hey, the nubbins haven't sprouted yet. N- nub lengths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh yeah. There's measurements, all of that. Everything. Mm-hmm. So the way that you you guys would all know this is having lived in a couple of major cities. It works like this. I'll I'll describe it. This turtle person takes all of your packages individually. There's a long line. It's pretty busy and it costs some amount of gold that I will inform you of later when I have thought about it further. (laughs) But it is not free. Thank you. I appreciate your business and walks over with your packages and kind of sorts them. They all go into various piles onto tables. As you guys are kind of there and you can observe this as you're in line, they each get individually. You see there's an ink pad and a big stamp pad or stamp stamper. A stamp. Just a stamp. <laughs> a thing that makes a stamp maker. The, the stamp maker. Stamp bead. Yeah. <laughs> no. That is sitting on each of these tables. And there is someone at these tables doing the classic like big thud, big thud, big, big thud on the pad, big thud on, on a package. And are labeling each and every one of them. And there are signage saying like to all these different cities uh, around the continent. Some of them that you maybe even didn't know existed or didn't know still existed. They are getting stamped with magical ink. And they are all then loaded into these boxes. Then there is a complicated knock that happens on each of them that are different from every city. And then something happens. You assume you don't see anything that happens, but then by the time they open up the box, it is all gone, and all of the mail has been teleported to a post office elsewhere. Is the postal worker like knocking, like knock on wood on the box? Yes, exactly. Like not just different patterns and rhythms, but it is different parts of the box are being knocked on. Like oh, right left corner three knocks, and then a. On kind of the middle side over on the left is another five knocks. It's just this whole like almost weird rhythmic thing that they that they go through. And then I love it. That's I love cool. It so much. Yeah. These are all run by surprise, surprise, a guild, but extend even further than the Pentarchy. So there's a little bit of like you have to have an address. You have to have a person that you're sending it to to for have for the magic to work. Basically, it's kind of that weird magic timey-wimey-wobbly things. Exactly. An address is one of them. But it goes 
well beyond like it's not a pentarchy thing it is a continental and in some cases maybe even worldwide thing that you can send this for a fee mm-hmm. i'm just thinking that checkers would have put junior on top of one of the big like mail stacks but when the person doing the stamping <laughs> got <laughs> between you know was looking at the mail and saw this little frog sitting on top of a stack of mail they paused for just like a half second and then junior just hopped off yep and then <laughs> stamp goes right yeah. down where, <laughs> right. He, where, where he was yep perfect well i tried <laughs> steve what's Selv up to Selv will actually, if Cass or Val does not mind taking a letter for him to the post office. I was just like doing the and gesture of getting <laughs> Yes, we would definitely do that. Selv will send one letter home, basically saying, essentially, we've arrived in Agmar, getting set up. There's some interesting stuff going on, but don't worry, I'm safe. That, that kind of thing. Then he is going to go into the... I guess maybe start in the map room and looking for anything he can find about these creatures. Mm, so starting okay. with starting with I know Val has been in there and organizing stuff. I'll start with is there a section on aberrations? Okay. And we will Excellent. we will Go start from there. there. Selv would find the stack <laughs> of books on aberrations on the desk of doing, probably next to a pile of Val's notes. She didn't go to bed after the attack. She stayed Already up started. researching. Yeah, so you, so you would, would have a head start. Okay. Yeah, he will sit down at the desk of doing and start with that and see if he could find any reference to anything that comes close to what what was has been attacking. Okay, and with that, we will end for this week. Next week, maybe more errands, <laughs> maybe more conversations, definitely. More danger on Reckless Attack! Yay, danger! (laughs) See you next time! Bye, Bye, boys! We got stuff in the vault!